Hello and welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm the mascara that stays on you for eternity, Emma. And I'm just curious about this new Chanel lipstick that I've just gotten. It kind of, it tastes a bit like my nan, Connor. (laughs) Was she 57? (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) 57 eternally now. (laughs) So what we got coming up this week, Emma? So this week we have your usual roundup, your slapping Dan and Hero of the Week. And we play another round of E20 in reverse. But first, here's the jingle. Dun 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 You ain't my mother! Yes I am! Get out of my pub! You need a slapping den, you bitch, you cow. Look at your coat. Hello, princess. Frank! Stice! in the fridge. Sausage surprise! Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night! So, the Slaters have lost their house in a gambling disaster. And, well, Martin has his suspicions. He's a bit suspicious of Ruby. About flipping time, Martin. I mean, she's been giving you all the red flags for flipping months now. You know, she basically smashed you in the head herself. Like, come on. How did you not know? Has Martin forgot about that? Because Jags has been arrested and all this. And, like, Martin's never discussed it, talked about nothing. (laughs) That's so true. It's like, Martin, how do you feel about Jags getting arrested for, you know, battering you in the head? I'm fine, really. Doesn't bother me. Jags who? Which Jags? Just love her. Can I just say, I'm living for the fact that, like, Ruby is just drinking, like, the slate as and crushes misery like wine. She's just, like, he's smirking every every five minutes when Martin's like, yeah, it's terrible. They're going to lose the house. They're going to... Crush is basically ruined now. And she's like, don't worry, Martin. Smiles eerily. <laughs> and, and also, then, what about Martin saying... My kids could be homeless, but then does absolutely nothing to help. <laughs> it is like that, isn't it? We all look out for each other around here. They do, well, they do. he got himself in this mess. He couldn't get himself out of it. Isn't that right, Ruby? <laughs> I just love it because, Martin, you're right. He goes, what if my kids become homeless? Doesn't pay his child maintenance. Instead, gambles it away because we find out that Martin's one who was gambling first. So that was a lovely little insight. Um, and uh, basically buys his girlfriend, wife, whatever she is, a, a brand new flashy handbag rather than paying for his kids. Rather than paying for his kids! <laughs> I've become like Jeremy Kyle, I feel like I've, you know. Why, so why can't you get out and pay for your lazy kids or something like that? Lazy kids! <laughs> I'll be found! <laughs> why can't you pay for your kids? I feel like I've just. envelope off your head or something <laughs> oh my god yeah that would be absolutely everything when i do feel like i've just perfectly perfectly represented jeremy kyle's like mentality when it comes to his chat show because like one minute he's on the kid's side and oh the yeah he's like but why are you so lazy <laughs> <laughs> he's so 
And I can, oh. can you imagine? You, it, so Martin throws the envelope off your head and then Ruby yeah. comes on and shouts. Oh, yeah, she'd be like, why are you going to make no jail? Like that, wouldn't you? You can't understand a single word that comes no. out of her mouth. Just, well, the just... audience are going, whoa. Ooh. And then, like, like, you know, the odd occasion that the microphone gets past to someone, they'll be like, I just think you're absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Some little, you know, it's little kids deserve much better. Some little lady. I love that. <laughs> it's 57-year-old yeah, man. They'll say, say, Brenda, 57. <laughs> I used to love that. Why did they always have this one old lady in the audience who would like, <laughs> grab the mic and just have her say, like, what? I love it. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> so good. I just want to say, I just want to say that I think this is absolutely ridiculous. You should be thinking about them kids. You should be thinking about them kids. Says like Anne from, you know, wherever, Worcestershire. <laughs> Just left her kids to come all the way down to London for this show. <laughs> I just loved it when Martin was like going on and on. No, he was like, yeah, what about my kids? They'll be homeless. Ruby, don't worry, Martin. We'll come to that. Smiles eerily at the camera again. She's like enjoying, enjoying the suffering of his children. It's like sinister. It's so evil. It's just like Voldemort or Professor Umbridge. You know, thou shalt not tell lies. So have, have, yeah, Lily, has a pen, a very special pen of mine. And she's right, it's like, it hurts. It's causing her hand to bleed as she's writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be definitely... Ruby, Ruby is Professor Umbridge. Posh, <laughs> entitled, vindictive. <laughs> Everything that she was. <laughs> so, oh. while all of that's going on, well, the Slaters are selling their stuff. And, um, well, one of our favourite moments had to be when, well, Kat decides it's time to give up that black cab because at the end of the day, that storyline drove off. We're not going to be seeing it again. So no. why not sell it? I just have to say this, Emma. It's so tragic. The idea that we'll never get that fantastic storyline of Kat taking up her lifelong dream of being taxi driver. <laughs> the lifelong I know dream. She didn't tell everyone. I know she didn't tell everyone about it. But that doesn't matter. It was a dream she had. And she had that dream since she was a little girl looking up at the moon at night. But don't worry, we can sell the cab. <laughs> it's an end of an era, Emma. End of an era that never was. <laughs> <laughs> I th- honestly, I genuinely forgot they even had that cab anymore. I haven't seen it like, on the square at no. all. I thought it was just me. I was like, but where is it? <laughs> yeah. Why did I sell the black cab? Looks like Mo's already done that because it's not around yet. <laughs> I would check our pockets, love. Did Haley come back for it and drive it off? Because Haley used to drive it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he was my Uncle Charlie as well. I know I didn't see him at all, but he was mine. (laughs) I loved it, though. Like, the whole reason that you couldn't sell it is because Stacey was like, well, it's Charlie's. You can't sell it. It wasn't to reference that Kat wanted to be a taxi driver at all. (laughs) Like, that storyline has gone. Yeah, storyline disappeared with the bin storyline. 
It was that moment, I'll never forget it, when she sat there and said how long it was going to take her to pass the test. <laughs> and it was at that moment we knew that was, was going never, nowhere. Yeah, it was never going to happen. <laughs> I think that, I think everyone collectively back at East Standards HQ or whatever they call the like, you know, room uh, that they all operate out of, I think they all sat down and went, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it would take a, a, quite a while, wouldn't it, actually? <laughs> Oh. Should we just say she's given up on it? <laughs> just say she's given up on it. I know she had all that trauma leading up and all of the story building into it, but nah, let's just say she's given up. Let's give her another storyline. How about random nun comes to see her <laughs> and tells her that her son's alive in red water? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you put it on par with um, the random lifelong dream that came overnight... Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I can see how they went from one to the other extreme, to be fair. Exactly. I'd love it. It's literally the greatest the greatest storyline that never was. It really, really is. I miss I it. Love it. I do. I miss it dearly. I miss it like I miss Claudette. I miss <laughs> it like I miss Aunt Babe and Sylvie and Stan. Stan? He was master. <laughs> I'm so fast. I'm so fast. I'm channeling the voices. <laughs> like Denny <Denver. laughs> My voice said, I should be a star. I was destined for Broadway. I love when she says that in the mirror. <laughs> That's me. Every morning I wake up, I was meant for more than this. I should have been Elio from Call Me By Your Name and been able to play a million different songs on the piano and fell in love with my dad's student. <laughs> We did also find something else out about Kat during this. You know, oh yeah, lifelong, lifelong stories, lifelong stories, and passions aren't just the only thing Kat keeps secret. She keeps secret her favourite shows, mm. including RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, is she not just destined to come join us on this podcast? I know. That would be funny. That like she is us, isn't she? No wonder we picked them to be all like family in the fan fiction. I loved it. She is my mom. Because she was saying, like, just because she watched loads of reruns of RuPaul, it didn't turn her into a flaming drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been everything. I mean, she's I would love king. to see she it. She just comes out. <laughs> Dress like <laughs> Let's get Kat as a guest judge on oh, RuPaul. Yeah. That's what we need. We need her, don't we? Why is it not an EastEnders-themed segment on RuPaul? I'm there sorry. should the be. UK one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Season two, make it happen, guys. <laughs> There's so many impressions that need to be done that weren't in series one. I know, I know. <sighs> Truly missed opportunity not doing a Cats later. I know. Well, on top of selling everything, Cat wants to give Cush a piece of her mind, doesn't she? She tells him the truth. She just lays it out, spills that tea right in his face, that scalding hot tea. She chucks it in his face. She's like... Listen, you're an addict. Naturally, Cush denies this and claims he was just bored. <laughs> yeah, that explains it, Cush. Yeah, that explains why you literally cannot go a day without without going on that gambling game. So this means Kat has to take on some bad cleaning jobs for money. Like oh. ones you wouldn't even send Big Mo to. How bad? Where are the bad places that you send her? 
<laughs> it's like life of crime. She's like, get down that sewer drain now. Get down there and clean that massive fat burg. Do you remember them on Life of Crime when it used to be like that TV show where they would clean the horrible filth, the yes. filth of society? And like there was, they would go down into the sewers and they'd be like, oh, it's bad down here. And you, you look, the camera would pan to it and it would just be this enormous lard like wall that was just blocking the whole of the sewer drain. Oh. And it, the, it's, it's a fatberg, that's what they're called. How disgusting is that? It's like all the fat that gets washed down the drain. Oh, nah. Just chills. <laughs> I mean, we all loved a bit of how clean is your house. That was, oh, that was great. Love that. Remember when she would do the swabs? Yes. Remember, the it wasn't swabs. in Aggie. She would do the swabs. It would come back. She'd be like, you see this? This jar? It's got E. coli. It's got um, a bit of black plague. <laughs> It's got a bit of like, you know, it literally the house was so diseased that there was no way on earth any human could have lived there. To be and fair, yet somehow they were there. some of them were so bad, like you, you, you thought that's probably where the coronavirus started. <laughs> that's ground zero. <laughs> it wasn't a bat. It wasn't a bat in China. It was flipping some filthy house from how clean is your house. <laughs> be that farm one. Do you remember that farmhouse one where her floor was covered in a layer of dirt? Oh, and they would have to wipe it and you would see the, oh, the when difference. The stuff would be crawling. Why do we not have an East Enders spin-off that is about Cat and the Slate as clean and filth? Oh my God, I would love it. I want them to that do Kim and Aggie style. Yes. Imagine Big Mo comes in with like a, a swab. And she's yes. Like, yes. Yes, you've got, um, you've got E. coli. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> you've got SARS, you've got MERS, you've got um, bubonic. I love her because then whilst Kat is off cleaning, Jean, Jean is leading the revolution. Jean is not going to stand by and have this fraud, this absolute travesty, go unpunished. She will have her say. <laughs> I love that. I love when she said, we're all in this together. I was like, oh, it's a bit of high school musical. She's going to sing. I love it. We're all in this together. And then all I could think about, right? After Jean said, we're all in this together. Hopefully, you know, there was a crowd there. That's a perfect time for them all to get up and sing, do a bit of high school musical. All I could think was, so they're all in this together. They all look out for each other around here. Yeah. Ah, oh, so lovely. It's Walford. Lovely. It truly is lovely. It's lovely when they all do just look out for each other. They really do. Except they don't. Except they don't. Jean <laughs> <laughs> leads this revolution. She's leading it. She's telling everyone it's an absolute outrage. We should boycott the Panasars, every business, because do you know what? They sell their flour far too expensive. They sell their hand sanitizer far too expensive. And do you know, do you know, double the price, you know, for this toilet roll that she just buys down the road? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you got it from the cash and carry. <laughs> yeah. We never see it, but I bet they got it from there. Never see it, but yep, we're convinced. I mean, I really want to see the cash and carry. I Hello, do. New place. We've heard of it for so many years and we've never seen it. Yeah. I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Why doesn't Suki run that? Oh, yeah. It could have worked that way, couldn't it? And then we would then have seen have it. Yeah. Like the square. True. <laughs> so while Jean's leading the revolution... Martin wants to be a, a good friend. 
and go and check on Kush. Which doesn't involve helping with the situation at all. He just wants to, like, talk to him about what he's done. Uh, and Kush is like, I was set up. Can I just say, Martin has become a vulture. You know, he's one of those people who, like, stops to watch a car accident. Like, he's one of those people, in he? You know, if something happens really bad on the square, you know, he's going to be outside with his arms crossed like this, watching from a distance. <laughs> and, the, you, know, you know, people go to him and be like, what's happening? He's like, well, you won't believe what's just happened. You won't believe what's just happened. Um, yeah, m- double murder, double murder. Like, but they'll be loving it. They'll love the car crash, like, scene of it all. That's what I call a vulture. And he does exactly that with Kush. He comes over, he's like, I'm going to go check on Kush, see how he is. He doesn't ask him how he is. No. Just stands there, reminds him how bad things are, and pecks, pecks and pecks away at him. And he doesn't offer like, to help out the kids or the family at all. Exactly. Exactly. I thought Mark doesn't take any cash off Ruby. So if he doesn't mm. take any cash off Ruby, he's probably got plenty. Probably got plenty in that bank of his then. You know, come on, Martin. You should be paying something towards these kids that you just flipped up and left. Let's get this straight as well. I feel really sorry for Kush because he's basically been like vilified a bit by the Slayers for doing this. But come on. He was the only one running that household mm. for months and months and months. Yeah. No one else was there. And Jean was off a rocker. She was like t- refusing to take her pills and going loopy. And he was in charge like, of everything because obviously Kat went and went somewhere. We don't. We still wherever, don't know where. Wherever she did, yeah. <laughs> she went somewhere. Stacy wasn't around, and Kush was having to look after everyone, like all the kids. Everything. Jean, who wasn't taking her tablets, said he was trying to. He was trying to make money for them. And like no one really ever thanked him for that as well. I've noticed. No, <laughs> no one was like actually Kush. You know. I can understand why you've you've had quite a bad time. <laughs> yeah, no one said in all of this, like, you know, with the addiction, it's my fault, really. Like, we should have been here to help or something. Yeah. No one said that. No one said that. Everyone's just been like, yeah, it's your fault. It's your fault. You're an addict. Well, yeah, he is, yeah. but we have to look at the wider reasons of why he's become an addict. It's your fault. You've done everything. Not like, yeah. oh, let's have a look at how this might have started, like yeah. how he's feeling and... Let's get him some help. Because then when he does suggest that he needs help, Kat's just like, I'm checking on the kids. I love that, yeah. <laughs> Compassionate. <laughs> Compassionate. We love Kat, but come on. But he's a little bit more compassion than that. Just a smidge. <laughs> the man, like, deserves it. He looked after all your children. Uh-huh. And he didn't have to. He really didn't have to. He looked after all those kids by himself for months. After she ran off for, like, however long quite, quite yeah, quickly to give, to give cherry back to to Haley. well that's what we think but we don't know i mean yeah that's true cherry could just be in the cupboard still she could be it doesn't take three months to drop cherry <laughs> off where's Haley? Where, where's Haley been she's doing a round the world trip <laughs> yeah, first she's just saying to have a trip to the north pole <laughs> she thought you know it's nice up there nowadays and she always wanted to be a marine biologist, study polar bears. Like, <laughs> it was a dream of hers. <laughs> so, Karat's got a plan to get Suki to keep the Slaters in their house. He, uh, he tells her that, well, it's going to ruin all their businesses and she's going to have to work for him. Suki's like, right, they can stay. But the rent goes up. Which, can I just add, is also illegal. 
<laughs> Again. <laughs> also, I do adore the fact, right, that Suki, Suki thinks she's got some sort of legal standing. I know. To be able to, like, take that house from them. She has no legal standing. She openly gambled with a man who was an addict. How is that going to stand up in court? Oh, yes, I see. You've definitely legitimately won this house. This isn't like 1702. You can't just challenge someone to a duel and win their home. Like, it's not real. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. I was like, so she goes, well, a bet's a bet, a deal's a deal. Well, no, like there's, there's legal stuff involved. It's, yeah. a, it's a house. The bit I don't get is that there's no contracts, there's no evidence, there's no proof. She's technically just throwing them out. So yeah. I don't know I what... Could, I, I just love it. I love the fact that she breaks every single landlord rule as well. Oh, yeah. She walks into the house whenever she feels like. That's completely illegal. She ups the rent whenever she feels like. You have to give, like, what? You've got to give notice. Notice before you, you decide to do that. And you have to have provocation for doing that as well. There has to be a reason for why you're up in the rent. So I think, you know, I think the Slayers have got a good chance of just taking out a court and winning. Yeah, and also... Why does she always up the rent? I swear down every week she goes, well, we're going to up the rent. Yeah, what is How it much? now? Like 3000 <laughs> How much are they like... paying? <laughs> it's like, going up the rent. Five million was last week. Now it's ten. <laughs> A hundred <laughs> grand. Expensive. Yeah, it's the most expensive like, house in all of London. <laughs> Alex Sugar's house is still not even as expensive as that. He's like, well, I couldn't even live there. I could even live there if I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that um, Kat, well, she's been out all night with uh, a security guard friend. Cush uh, admits to Stacey that he's an addict and he stays up all night waiting for Kat. And she walks in and this is this bit is weird. So Cush is like, oh, Bert was asking where you were. And Kat genuinely says, bear in mind, Bert is her child. Well, you should have dealt with that. <laughs> I love her mothering skills. Like, it's just everything. Isn't it? She is literally like the mother of the year. Like, you know, that song, M is for the millions that you gave me. Oh, is that you lonely growing old? Or something like that. Whatever the song is, you know. And, <laughs> and like, honestly... What would her version be? M is for the madness that you brought me. O is for always being gone. O is for <laughs> always. Only, only, yeah, <laughs> only caring for yourself. <laughs> I love it. She literally would just like be, she is like, which is like, well, you should have dealt with that. Cat, it's your child. And these are also the two kids, poor Bert and Ernie, that were forgotten when she went to Redwater. Yeah, I do love that. She's just constantly leaving them. She hates them. <laughs> she absolutely hates that kids, didn't she? I mean, she did hate them from birth when she gave them the names Bert and Ernie. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Name them after a pair of puppets. So Kat wants Kush to explain why he risked everything that he had and he said he got a bit of a buzz out of it. He used to have that buzz about him, but then obviously his son died and uh, Shaquille died and that made and that started to make him feel something. So, But now he's deleted the app. He's wanting to go to Gamblers Anonymous, um, to which Kat then just 
throws out, well, don't worry, I didn't sleep with anyone last night. <laughs> but I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Oh, got I a plan it. to get the plan. money. I, I mean, I'm all for this. I think this could be the dream team. <laughs> I, I'm certain it will, Emma. A blooming robbery with Phil Mitchell. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> She's got the codes. I... She's got the alarm codes. She's got the door codes. She's got everything. They'll I love be that fine. she thinks he's not going to change her. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he's clearly going to wake up and be like, God, I shouldn't have said all that stuff to that lass. Maybe I'll change the codes. She gets there and she's just rattling on the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, the code's not working. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is taken directly out of our fan fiction where we were like, you know, Rob and Johnny Allen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could and say it was. We've we've got Raymond back. We've got Lola and Jake. Yeah, we had up. the codes. We had the codes we for had Johnny Allen's safe, remember? We did. Yeah. We had Dark Ruby. We did. We had Dark Ruby. We were blackmailing Ian. Yes. Steal his cash. We were wanting his money and he had to try and get it to us somehow. We got the thick. Yeah. It's like we had one of Alfie's visions. <gasps> like a red water vision. Yeah. The only thing was missing was um, St. Soap. Oh, are you all right, Alfie? <laughs> <laughs> so what I loved the most about the robbery is, so the reason Stacey was originally away was because of the whole Phil Mitchell thing. And now Kat's like, ah, let's go and do a robbery with Phil Mitchell. So all of that's just water under the bridge then. It's like me and Emma, we've seen all those months and years ago now where we were like, no one cares. No one cares about smashing Phil in the head. Phil doesn't even care. No, Phil thinks it's Kat. And now he's going to go on a bo- robbery with her. <laughs> like, although he finds it hilarious, he's not going to do it. So I love the next day, though, when he's um, he's winding her up, shouting, don't shoot, don't shoot, take my wallet, take my money, just don't shoot. And then asking I love her that. if she's got um, body parts in the bin bags. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this uh, moment because Kat then turns around and she's like, um, well, I could empty your bins for you if, that, if you like. I'll even clean your skid marks if you pay us enough. And then Phil, like genuinely, that is the one thing that seems to get Phil interested because it's like, really? Really? You clean me skid marks? <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're hired. Yeah, start Monday. I love it. Does anyone else tell me if I'm crazy, right? Tell me if I'm crazy, because I know I tip everyone. He does. I know I tip everyone. <laughs> but sometimes I get them right. You know, I said that there could have been a thing between Karat and Stacey, and me and Emma were right. Yes, we there were. Was, we didn't even record a... that bit, and that's the most annoying part. We were finally, I know. finally right about something. And when did we say it? We said it after we recorded. I know. I know. we did. It's so annoying. <laughs> and, but we have gotten some other things right. Raymond came back. Yeah. Ruby went dark. Yeah. Martin's not Martin. <laughs> like, you know there's some, some things we do get right and I feel like this moment right I was watching Kat like have a bit of a joke with Phil and him having a bit of a joke with her and then she said something about like you know Sharon leaving and this idea that without a woman Phil's like useless and we all know Kush is leaving Kush is leaving Phil is obviously not going to get with Denise the only person left is Kat they are quite the comedy duo. Hashtag kill. <laughs> oh, oh. 
That is everything. Hashtag, oh my god, hashtag it would be, fat. It'd be hashtag fat. It'd be hashtag I kill. Love it. Or hashtag fat. I mean they're just I love that. Because it's also like the cool version of fat, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the pH version. Like the cool yeah. version. Jack's packed Denise's things into one very small box. And Denise has come over to collect it. But um, Jack wants to know how they're doing. How's Raymond? Well, poor Raymond's been having bad dreams. He's always dreaming, though. That's for sure. He's always asleep. It's like an introduction from Nightmare Elm Street, isn't it? Like, yeah, he's having terrible bad dreams. He's been chased around by a man in a red and green sweater and he's got nice <laughs> <for> fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Jack went, that's so funny, because I had a dream just like that. And he was burned, and he had a dirty brown hat. <laughs> Honestly, like, where did I get these lines from? I was expecting that last with the, the white streak through her head to come, or come through and be like, and I had a dream. <laughs> it was in a boiler room, and I was being chased around by this murderer. <laughs> That nice for fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack asks about Ellie and Denise doesn't even question at all that as to why Ellie's just vanished and she suddenly got Raymond. I loved it. She's just like, that's a bit strange. Nothing else. Like, she wouldn't be an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, would she? Like, no one cares what happened to Ellie. I mean, I'm so devastated. She was such a good character. They were like, Yep, just. <laughs> Bye, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Unceremoniously written out, quite literally as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite literally. <laughs> and then um, Isaac rings because um, Raymond is crying. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually like talk about this more without crying myself but you know what it reminded me of you know how we just kept changing raymond's age in the fan fiction <laughs> i think that's what might have happened it did because he's three years old but he's crying like a newborn baby you can hear isaac going denise i need your help he's crying and you can just hear, ah, ah, ah. i'm like well either that's a plastic toy baby like you know with it's like string pulled or whatever and it's crying oh that is a newborn baby. That is not the same child who is like three years old. Why is he crying like that? That was like a, a baby needing a feeding. I loved when um, then obviously Denise rushes off after hearing that. And Jack's yeah. like, leave your things, collect them another time. Like, why couldn't she have just have picked up the tiny box and gone? Why is he just go, tell you what, I'm going out anyway. I'll, I'll take the box with you. Don't worry. He does. He takes the box and he drops it off because it's so big. Only Jack could possibly carry it. You know what it reminded us of? When um, Ruby was moving and she had oh, that yes. one small box and Max was like, would you like some help? <laughs> yeah, she had this tiny little box that, that's all her life in just one box. She, has not, she just wears the same clothes every day and everything. <laughs> oh, but yeah, she's just like that X-Man character. Um mystique where she just makes her clothes you know like she changes her skin to just look like different clothes 
<laughs> because yeah, that was odd as well. He was like, "Do you want help carrying that?" Well, Max, it's about like you know, it's got about five things in it, including a pencil like holder or something. Like there's there's not there's not a lot in there. <laughs> like, yeah, I think she's gonna handle that. Then, it is weird. And when he drops the box off, Denise is like, "Oh, be quiet. I've just got Raymond to sleep." Again. <laughs> How old is Three Raymond? Three years old when he's sleeping every five minutes. He's always asleep as Raymond. Yeah. Couldn't get, a, couldn't get a night's sleep last night. Raymond was crying for his bottle. He's three. After going, shh, be quiet. They talk really loudly. Yeah, it's because he's changing age rapidly. So, like, he's a baby when she says, be quiet. But then when she says, you know, everything else and starts talking normally, it's because he's he's already aged up about four years. So he's now eight. <laughs> By the end of the day, he's going to be 18. He'll be running he's, the Vic. <laughs> yeah, he'll step outside. He'll be dating Joy. Like, honestly, well, he'll be outside. Joy will be like, you're just, you're just too young for me. He goes, well, how about now? And he's just 18. <laughs> <laughs> it is just like our fan fiction. <laughs> it just, is. It's the ever-changing ages of Raymond. And uh, Jack tells Denise about the raids of Ellie's properties and how Phil got Raymond picked up exactly the same day. And Denise is like, mm, well, don't really care. Got my son back. Leave it. Not risking anything. And I mean, I totally get why she would say that. Because like, as soon yeah. as I b- bring it up, then Raymond would probably go into care. Yeah, I do love that Jack is like trying desperately to make it relevant, the storyline. You know, he's like, no, listen. Listen, I'm on to something, Denise. Phil, Callum, they have done this. They have raped them. And I don't know about you, but I think it's odd. I think we should send Raymond back. I think we should send Raymond back. Give me my job back as the corrupt police officer. Because <laughs> really, I should be the one who did this. It should be me. <laughs> so obviously he goes and confronts Callum because he's still not happy. He is the corrupt police officer. Callum is not. It is Jack. It's and his he job. Is, he is upset. So uh, he threatens Callum because he's taken his role back. I do just love it because it like Jack is like one minute friends with Callum and like supporting him and the yeah. next is like if anything goes wrong with Denise, there'll be hell to pay. Right, you were you, best friends with Callum yeah. just last week. Do you remember when Jack was like helping Callum get into the police and now he's like You'll be a good copper, you'll be a good copper. <laughs> And now he's, now he's like, like, you're stay, too good. <laughs> stay away from the Mitchells. Because, you know, that that's his area. He's all about the Mitchells. He's had yeah. that many children and love affairs with the Mitchells. How Phil's dare, mine! <laughs> how dare Callum go on his territory? I just love him. I just love Jack. <laughs> so Jane Lola have found a flat. Times are moving on. And, you know, just as... Just as the song goes, I've been changing, but I built my life around you. <laughs> Love a good bit of Fleetwood Mac. Um, I adore this entire segment with Jane Lola's big move. It wasn't like an escape to the country or anything like that, <laughs> except for the fact that in the end, they just still didn't buy the place. <laughs> oh my god that's... how how good would they be on like a place in the sun 
or escape <laughs> to the country. They go around all the houses and then they just they decide at the end, nah. Yeah, it wasn't for us. In the end, we decided to split up after all. <laughs> uh, yeah, turns out flat flat hunting was nothing. That was would be nothing. an even better ending because normally it's like, oh, they decided against it, blah, blah, blah. This would be, well, they split up. <laughs> yeah, they decided against each other. <laughs> 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 I adore this this whole section because it's just filled with wonderful tidbits. Firstly, we get the unbelievable, unbelievable information that we've never seen or heard of before. Well, Lola, you go running with Isaac, don't you? <laughs> Does she? Does she? Never knew that. Never knew that. Not once. No. Not once. When did fitness become Isaac's thing? That was Peter's. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting him to say when she goes running, it would be with Peter. And also, <laughs> that would link to, you know, the whole storyline she had with Peter. Is Isaac yeah. taking Peter's job now? Because he works everywhere else in the square. <laughs> the swapped storylines. Yeah. Next week's Arabic would Patty's your dad. And <laughs> 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 like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be quite happy to be that. away from Ian at the moment, the way he hates Ian. True, true. I mean, I do love it because Lola's like, Oh, it's going to be so great, Jay. We're going to go to the Chinese. We're going to, uh, the new Chinese that's just opened, we're going to go there, we're going to have some of that, and we're going to go house hunting. This is what dreams are made of. Except, five minutes later, when Isaac's talking to her about the flat, she's like, I know, flat. Rubbish, I don't even want to go. <laughs> Honest. She is me in a little bit, because, like a little bit, because you know when you make plans, you make plans with people, you're like, oh, I, don't, I just can't even today though <laughs> it's like it's rubbish outside I'm feeling a bit naff I don't really want to clan out then I get that I'm like yeah it's a great time <laughs> <laughs> so glad we did this <laughs> so glad I got out of the house to see you <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, I've gone for drinks and um well Jade's went to check on honey because honey's had some news from um the police in regards to our case so Lola decides she's going to get food and drinks with Isaac as you do as if she hasn't already been doing stuff with Peter she's gonna head on Isaac now I mean you know like when she goes on it like people like Ben for giving her such a hard time about cheating on Jay yeah I don't think she has a leg to stand on because the next day she's like Oh, Isaac, let's go for some brunch. Like, what are you talking about? Also, did you not notice that when he walked into the hairdressers to see her, bearing in mind her uh, outfit was absolutely, wow, neon. Neon. I mean, we used to be the fashion police for Lola, but I've just, I can't even, I can't even continue this because what even is her fashion? A neon yellow Neon yellow green, like... Is that really appropriate for work as well? <laughs> You're blind customers! <laughs> Don't walk in there! Oh! Or maybe that's, that's that, the point. That could maybe be the whole the thing, because, like, again, bearing in mind, we've just had this pandemic, we mm-hmm. all rushed to see our hairdressers. Yeah. We needed them. We always need them, but we needed them more than ever. Yeah. And yeah. this place, empty. Not a single person. And Lola... How is it open? And Lola shuts it up and goes. And I'm like, uh, you should have probably asked Denise. Because Denise owns the place, Hello, not you. <laughs> what happens if there was a customer? Imagine. Hello? 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 <laughs> Just like, well, 
you know, Isaac's like, well, you're busy. Well, we've been saying that for months, Isaac, so thanks for thanks for calling that one out. <laughs> but um, clearly he's a listener. Yeah. Um, Hi, Isaac. <laughs> if you're listening, hello. Um, but I, I do adore the fact that, like, she's like, yeah, it's only 10 o'clock. I might as well shut up. You know, no, one, no one's going to come past now. What are you talking about? People only go around dinner time for the haircuts anyway. I loved it because it was like 10 o'clock. Not like they've clearly only been open probably since nine, maybe. Even yeah. half nine, I don't know. And she's just like, yeah, gosh, it's not much to do today. Not thinking, but, oh, people might be in a, a bit or a couple yeah. of hours. Nah, no one, no one comes to the hairdressers past 10. I just adore it because <laughs> she, she goes, it's too early for dinner, but it's Definitely not early enough to shut up that shop. We can shut that anytime. We can shut that anytime. Don't you worry, Isaac. No one's going to come in. No one's going to come in. Most of our clients are vampires. Yeah, it's just like, she reminds them of the time, like, lunch, it's only 10am. And you're still going to close the doors? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see why. Yeah, that's I am so rationale. glad that today Denise thought you should be in charge. I know. I love that the responsibility of the shop, and she's like, "Let's shut up early. I don't want to do any work today." Bear in <laughs> mind, when he gets there, she's just sat with her feet up, reading a magazine. Very professional. Imagine you walked in that hairdresser's. She's sat in the hairdressing <laughs> seat, feet up, cup of tea in hand. Oh, I'll be with you in a minute, hon. <laughs> <laughs> E-cops didn't think they would still be together. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, can you shut up? I'm reading this. This is important. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then she's got her feet everywhere. And yeah. she hasn't set anything up. So I'm thinking, whoa, it's a pandemic, Lola. Yes. Why are Truly. you pretending it's not a pandemic? She just hasn't got a visor on. She's no. not got a mask on. They didn't the She's other touching week. everything with her hands. Lola was doing honey's hair the other week. She didn't have a visor. She didn't have a mask. Honestly. I have nothing. She's trying to spread it. She's a super spreader like Max. <laughs> Max and Lola, That's the super spreaders. Max and Lola spread the word and the disease. And Bobby's the only one taking the whole thing seriously. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking, Emma. So, because it's... Because it's 10, they can shut the shop and they go off for lunch, don't they? They go off for lunch and we discover something truly heinous, Emma. Something, something I can't even get my head around. Something that's wrong. A defilement of everything that is natural and good in the world, in the universe even. Isaac puts ketchup <gasps> on his Sunday roast. That is is like a mortal sin to me. I think that's something that should, you know, damn someone's soul to hell for. That is truly, truly evil. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted. And I'm also wondering, does he put it on instead of gravy? Or does he put it on with gravy? Because that, that's a nightmare that. Imagine gravy and ketchup at the same time. What would that taste even like? Like I don't that would know. just be like sick. Sick <laughs> that. That's sick that. So they uh they finish their breakfast and I noticed for breakfast, because no one knows what time of day it is, um Isaac has a pint. Or Lola has a pint, one of them ordered one because Tracy puts it to the side. And um well Illegal. 
illegal. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. It's illegal. <laughs> I always remember Aunt Babe saying she couldn't Irish up some man's coffee because it was too early. So don't you tell me that Tracy could serve them a pint at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, do you remember when she used to say it was illegal, but do it anyway, but she would put it in yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, uh, she would do it. She would put it in the teapot. <laughs> yeah. a little bit softener <laughs> it up. so uh, yeah they're, they're flirting away so then he's like well we'll we'll do this we'll do this again and maybe we'll call it a date next time and Lola's like a date no I'm with Jay and he's like well you've been flirting with us and she's like no I haven't yes you have Lola everyone I'm gay and I would even be like, are you flirting with me? <laughs> like, if I was sat across from you and you've like, you know, like, let's go for some meals. This is like the third one you've took them on. <laughs> like, that is a bit odd. <laughs> and they out all night the night before. Yeah. And she just give him those, like, come to bed looks. Not like what Ian said, you know, where, like, Sharon smiled at him and he was like, let's get married. <laughs> like, Lola's like, oh, you know, I bet you get loads of dates anyway. You're, you're a catch, blah, blah, blah. like, you know, she, she's like gagging for him. It's like so obvious. So, with some words of advice from Isaac, who points out that if she's so happy to be with Jay and can't wait to move into this flat, maybe she should be focusing on it and not like, you know, having meals with other men and, and looking quite miserable when she talks about these things. You know, she's like, I love Jay. I love Jay. Scowling. I just, I want to live with him forever. You know what really annoys me is she fought for him when he was having yeah. a great time with Ruby and they were a nice pair. And then she came along and she done everything to ruin them. Only she, for her now to just be like this. She has caused Ruby uh, for that. Yeah. She is fully responsible in my eyes. <laughs> I will never forgive. We could forgive that transgression, Lola, when you were with Jay and Loyal. We could forgive that because we knew that you had something special. But, but now? now? My poor Jay. My poor Jay is heartbroken. He's devastated. What What have you done, Lola? What have you done? I love the way she just goes and tells him quite quick and quite bluntly, like, he's on the phone to, for the flat and she's like, yeah. will you hang up? And then... She says that, well, I slept with Peter and it was when we were on a break. I was like, all right, Ross Geller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love the fact that she's like, we're on a break. Lola, you said only not been together for about four hours. <laughs> like, Might have been even less. I know, exactly. We're on a break. We're on a break. What are you talking about? You said just had an argument. <laughs> yeah. Like if if I had like if I had that mentality every time I had an argument, could you imagine? I have about flipping twenty five lovers. <laughs> yeah, well we're on a break. What are you talking about, Connor? We're just having a bit of a spat over who was going to get the milk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. She's like, please say something. Forgive me, G. Please, Lola. You've just told the man who's like, you know. On the verge of getting you a flat, that actually, not only do you not want the flat, everything's moving too quickly. Um, you cheated on him with Peter, his best friend. His best, way, friend. best friend. Best friend. 
best friend, but he never hangs out with him anymore. No, no. Best friend. Never hung, um, on, never hung out with him in the first place. Um, no. <laughs> to be fair. But best friend. But best, best friend. friend. I mean, come on. We all knew that Lola and Jay were not really a thing. Not properly. She's already cheated on him once when she left him for Dexter. Mm-hmm. I don't forget. We don't forget these things. We'll never we forget the, the whole Dexter thing. She went off to Newcastle, of all places. Hey! Uh, yeah. <laughs> she came here with him. Yeah, she came here to get away with a, a terrible, sordid affair. We're like the den of iniquity, aren't we, Pia? So, the week starts for Mick and Linda with Linda being asked to do another shift at the restaurant for Max. Oh, aye. Is that what they call it nowadays, is it? Yeah, apparently that's what it's called now. (laughs) That's why everyone calls it. We're we're getting with the times. How is it that Linda, like, is not picking up the fact that the only reason that he's wanting her there (laughs) is because he fancies her? I think she is because she gets really dressed up for it and kind of follows him round. Hey. Hey, Linda, that's naughty, that. Mind you, like, Mick's not exactly giving her the attention that she, she wants. Exactly. So, and you know. We're, we're, we're kind of shipping, we're kind of shipping them. Kind of are. We kind of, I don't know why, but we kind of are. Yeah, we don't know why. We hate ourselves for it. <laughs> it's like when you eat an entire box of Jaffa cakes and you feel terrible for doing it. But I tell you what. Worth it. You did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it made you feel good in the moment, didn't it? Oh, yeah, Jaffa cakes. Mm. So good. So good. If you haven't noticed, me and Emma are very hungry for chocolate and cakes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go off to Costa after this and get an orange hot chocolate because it is divine. I hated gonna... last year when they didn't bring that out in the fort. The muffin would do. No, scandal. I want the drink as well. Scandal, Emma. That was scandalous. Scandal. The fact they brought yes. that back in 2020, just it just made things just a bit better. Yeah, it just like. Lighten the day. I'm not going to lie, got slightly emotional when I saw that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Orange hot chocolate. Get emotional when they say that Biden won the election. <laughs> Emma gets emotional when she sees that Terry's chocolate orange <laughs> is back in Costa. <laughs> see, the moment they put that orange hot chocolate out, look at good things started happening. Yes. See? Yes. See, it was, a, it was an omen of good things to come. That's yes. what that was. Yes. That was that what that was. Well, Mick feel a little bit jealous about Linda. He does. He does. Going for, you know, to work for Max. He decides he's going to go there and do a little bit of role play. <laughs> Bounce. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, we all love a little bit of role play. We all, all love a little bit of it, don't we? A little bit of pretend. A little <laughs> bit of make You know. You know what was weird? About this scene, Linda yeah. literally just started work. Yeah. And then, because Mick pretty much offered her a good time, she was like, "Yeah, I can't work anymore, Max, and went off. I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't be asking her back to do any more shifts. She just leaves. <laughs> Thank God the economy is not left to, like, war fad. Like, because if it was, we'd be absolutely screwed. You know, we'd just come out of, like, lockdown and we're like, got no money, we've got nothing, jobs are online, people are poverty-stricken. Well, let's just go off to the pub. 
let's go have brunch. Let's go and like have a little bit of, you know, how's your father? Like, you know, let's go have a little bit of naughty time. I just love when Mick comes in. He's like, bet he doesn't know what kind of a, a saucy sort he's got for himself. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. We would all take a break. We would all take a break on our <laughs> on our time at work if Mick Carter, if Danny Tyre just turned up and started flirting with him. You would, wouldn't you? You would. Let's all be honest. So, um, well, Mick couldn't uh, perform. Gosh. I mean... You know, you would still have a few more tries before you just give up, wouldn't you? Really, you'd be like, come on, Mick, we'll have another go. Howie, Mick's not... Mick's not happy. He wanted to put on a show for Linda. He wanted to show her a good time. He wanted to be the man. But... It seems all the conflict up in his mind all the stress he's been facing and the revelations that have come out, it's, it's shook him. It's knocked him. It's knocked his confidence. And it's, you know, it's affected him in multiple ways. Of course, he doesn't tell Linda that because that would just, you know, that would be too easy. That would be too easy. So, <laughs> so instead, he just tells her, no, no, Linda, it's just because I was pretending to be some other bloke. Okay, I don't know how role playing has affected you that emotionally. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was pretending to be another bloke, and I just got jealous of the fact that you were with another man. <laughs> I was pretending to be Max. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a joke, Linda. It's just a joke. I love it. So, Linda goes back to work. I mean, that would be so devastating. Just stay, Linda. Just have another go, man. Honestly, I love how just she's another... just oh. left work. And to do that, and then she's like, "Yeah, well, it didn't pan out. I, I'll, I'll head back then." Yeah, I love that. That'll make Mick feel great, won't it, Linda? <laughs> you've you've got us out of work for this. Right, I'm going back. I'm going. Someone's got to pay. Someone's got to pay for things, don't they? <laughs> and Frankie's back on the square, and uh, well, Mick bumps into her as well. She's obviously still trying to come to terms with everything that's gone on, and that they should just stop contacting each other and just lead their old lives again. And, well, Mick doesn't stop contacting her at all, does he? No. He sends he sends a video message. The video message. It kind of made us think of, like, you know, like people who vlog. Yes. Like, I thought Mick was taking up vlogging. You know, he's <laughs> like, well, I've got no job, so I'm going to go vlogging. Oh my god. So I'm should. gonna talk about what's going on in the world today. <laughs> like I thought that that's what he was gonna do. It'd be like, don't forget to buy my merch. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, hit like if you enjoyed the video and if you could subscribe and um just remember to hit the notification button. Yeah, it's always stay up to date. <laughs> He would, he would be one of the most people who says that. If you like the outfit that I'm wearing, if you look in the description, I've linked to everything. <laughs> I would love to see it. Oh, why are we already subscribed to like Mick's YouTube? I channel? really am. I want to see him live his daily life from the moment he gets up. I want him to daily vlog. I want him to be one yes. of those. Imagine. He'd be like, 
be like, I'm just going to have a shower now. I mean, I would definitely tune for that. Or what about like, a minute with Mick? And it could be oh. like his own little YouTube series where every week you would have a minute with Mick on his YouTube channel where he would talk about the world. Because imagine Mick Carter's view on the world. Oh, be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. Be, be beautiful. I think if Mick Carter really wanted to get into, you know, like vlogging and online presence and stuff, really the only way forward now in a modern day society is OnlyFans. <laughs> is OnlyFans. <laughs> and, and Mick, if, if you're listening, Danny Dyer, Mick, if either of you are listening, we would pay for that. We would pay for that. <laughs> But I was like, oh, he's going to say podcast. But no, no. <laughs> Only no, no. fans. Only fans. My innocent little mind was like, podcast. <laughs> Connor's mind. Only like, fans. Yeah. I was like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? So yes, Mick decides he's going to send a very angry, very angry, um, like, video message to, to Frankie. Um, I'm not sure... I'm not sure where to begin with that message because he was like, I'm done with you. I'm done with Mick, she's literally just found out that you're her dad. Maybe, maybe you just take it easy on her. I know you're going through a bit of a hard time, but also think about how she feels. And also what was wrong with like leaving maybe a voicemail or a text? He's like, I know, I'm going to make a video. (laughs) (laughs) Like why? Why would that cross your mind? Why would you go, I know, I'm going to make a video, save it so I can keep it too. And then I'm yeah. gonna go and send it to her on uh, like WhatsApp. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then after that, I'm gonna go home, film some um, videos for me OnlyFans, and uh, and you know make a quick bob as well, make a quick bob as well. I love it because then the most weirdest thing happens, doesn't it? Yes. The most, the most weirdest thing. No one could have went to me. Do you know what's gonna happen? Do you know what's gonna happen after he sends that message? No one could have told me that this was gonna flip and happen. No one. No one. Some random Irish man turns up. <laughs> From Redwater, clearly. Some random Irish man <laughs> we've never met turns up and is like, I saw the video message you've been sent in, Frankie. And I'm like, How? who are you? Who are you? Have you stolen her phone? Have you kidnapped her? Like, who are you? Where what, did you yeah. come from? What relation are you to Frankie? Yeah. Are you from Boyfriend, Redwater? Stalker, murderer. Did, like, Did Agnes send him? <laughs> yeah. Go. Oh. You must travel to the land of Albert Square. <laughs> there is something heinous occurring over there. An evil that will sweep the lands. Imagine another spin-off. Yeah. But with the Carters going to Redwater. Imagine. They go there because Agnes is like, we all must band together to fight the great evil known as Katie Lewis. <laughs> Could just imagine that, couldn't you? <laughs> Perfect. I love the way they always say her name. Like it's not just Katie. It's no, not it's just you know, Katie. Mrs. Lewis or whatever. It's always Katie Lewis. It's like with Baby Abby. Never just oh. say Abby. It's Baby yeah. Abby. And they never just say Katie. So after an ominous threatening from a uh, some <laughs> random Irishman, um <laughs> Mick thinks just Let's a casual let get me spirits down. Just casual uh Monday on the square. <laughs> Happens to me every other week. Yeah. Happens to me every other week. Irish man turns up at my door, says, I've seen your video. I'm like, oh, God, really? thought but, I'd hit that well enough. And then, sometimes, he turns up in Connor's house and goes, love you, boy. Yes, yeah, sometimes, but only in the mirrors. 
Oh, Only obviously, yes. He's like Candyman. I have to look in a mirror and say his name five times. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then naturally, naturally, after getting shouted at by an Irishman, um, Shirley's first reaction to overhearing this is to assume that Mick's been having an affair with Frankie. <laughs> because, because, yes, Mick and Shirley have it out, don't they, in Gray's house, which is flipping weird, by the way. Yes. Because Mick just wanders in. I, Shirley's yes. just sits there. Yeah. I thought that. Oh, it's like, is it just me? Oh, is it a bit weird? Gray's not there. And yes, Shirley kind of lives there now, but Mick just waltzes in a bit like Laura used to. Just opens yeah. the door. They have a drink and everything. Yeah. They have his drink. They have all of his stuff. <laughs> Does he have any good DVDs? She'll put a film on. <laughs> I just love it because then he's like, he's like obviously talking about Katie Lewis and all the inappropriate things she did. And Shirley goes, that is a bit odd. Though. but that doesn't like address it properly no. she then just goes so is saint katie was it and like no shirley back to the inappropriateness because actually it is very inappropriate that she was giving out mm-hmm. other kids like information private information to weaponize like mick like and then again when she says about when he says about her letting him drink yeah like shirley's like that is a little bit odd she's maybe looking after you you were maybe looking after me. Yeah, you're right. And I let you down. But so what about Katie Lewis? And I say, no, no, Shirley, go back to Katie yeah. Lewis letting him drink. That let's, is a warning sign. Let's go back to the main point, Cheryl. Yeah. So she hears those questionable things that Mick said that's made her think, oh, actually, no, no, that's that's not right. Yeah. She picks up the phone and gives Katie a call. So um, Rainy... Just lost the beautician at the funeral parlour because she used her Chanel lipstick on a corpse, which Rainey had stole from her previously. Oh, I knew this lippy tasted funny. Is that what she's been using on the corpses? <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that Rainey is furious that her lipstick that's not hers has been used on a corpse. Also, she then still uses it. Yeah. She still uses it. She puts it <laughs> under her lips. She's like, hmm. Can taste the death. You know what's weird? is obviously they've now technically sacked the beautician. Yeah. And they're looking for another one. When yeah. did they become, like, the managers of this place? As I say all the time, the coke has left Jay and Billy in charge. Do they know what's happened in the meantime? Do they know who's in charge now? Like, Does Billy even work there? No. Does Billy have any sort of connection to that place now? Literally, they left and Billy was like, right, I'm leaving then. I'm and then leaving. Jay's left as well now? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he pretty much has. Like, it is so weird. You're right. When did when did this all get decided? Like, when did the caucus go, you're hired and you're upgraded to management because we can't be bothered to run it. <laughs> and hire anyone you like at last, at the, the shortest notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get people in off the street. Get people in off the street. It's even better if they don't have any criminal checks. Even better. <laughs> just a bit like you two, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I just love it because then to, to calm the situation, to help Rainy, Stuart has done what many of us in lockdown have had to turn to. He's went and got some meditation. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Because it does remind me of mine. Well, listen. You're just leaves, leaves on a river. Let your thoughts flow down the river and disappear. 
I love a bit of meditation. Love a bit of meditation. Love a bit. Um, and at first, really sceptical. Rainey's a little bit sceptical at first, but after hearing it, she loves it. She wants more. But before she did that, she did something quite interesting. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't get it in here. Because I know that Emma probably also thought the same thing as me. She's having a conversation, our Rainey. She's having a conversation with um, Baby Abby. And she says the following. I've got a secret to tell you, but don't tell anyone. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're going to be a big sister. And an auntie. <laughs> oh, and a niece. And a niece. That's not confusing at all to that poor child. I mean, that sounds like the hills have eyes. That sounds like you've been, you know, inbreeding, really. That's the thing that a child wants to hear. You're going to be both my mother and my sister. (laughs) 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 You're going to be my daughter and my cousin. (laughs) So weird. And I just, just the fact that that came before the meditation bit was just so bizarre. Even baby Abby's face, as she's being rolled along, says it all. She's like... Yeah, she looks like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. She's probably thinking, who the heck are these people? My mother died in hospital. Like, who are these people? Because she never sees Max anymore. No, why didn't Tanya get her? Yeah. Oh, I think there was a long story with that. (laughs) And then Cora tried to get her, but then gave it to Rainy and Max. And yeah. I mean, come Big on, Big, long story. So, um, we'll find out that Tiff is looking for a job, which is handy. Is it handy? She does makeup and, I mean, look what's needed over at the funeral parlour. And, uh, well, Keegan has given up butcher, baker, sandwich makers. And, uh, but then he's also not at the same time. He was giving it up, but he also wants a stall. So, Tiff's like, yeah. I'm going to help you get some money. We're going to get that stall. Luckily, <laughs> who happens to be with them? <gasps> it's only Rainy and Stuart who need some help and realise Tiff is perfect. That's amazing, that. It's as if they knew. It is. How- it's as if they knew she was going to be there. How magical. I love the fact, right, that, like, it's like you said about Keegan, like he, he's given up on the butcher baker dream, but then he's also not. He wants a stall. It really reminds me of that time when he finally got his business off the ground, right? And he was like, well, I think I might, you know, sandwiches aren't doing so great, so I might just go into doing uh, Mexican food. Oh, yes. Sorry, what? When were you, when were you in a Mexican food? Couldn't and, you make a blooming sandwich? And is Ikra still involved with her business degree? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've not seen her for, I think, a year when it comes to getting involved in his business. But a business degree is very important. Very important, that business degree. Very important. But even though Tiff is really enjoying her fire drills and really enjoying painting dead people's faces, Keegan feels bad. Keegan feels like he has neglected his wife and... His dad gives him some advice. Go pick some flowers, which might be illegal if you pick them from a garden <laughs> or a park. So just be careful. Go pick some flowers and go give her them. What could go wrong? 
What could go wrong? I don't know what could go wrong. Well, I know. Rainy could be too busy listening to our um, meditation that for some reason she suddenly becomes partially blind <laughs> and uh, also straight into the road. If I'm doing meditation, I wouldn't be doing it right in the middle of the square. Yeah. Who does that <laughs> in the public? Like, who's like, you know, goes, goes for a walk down the high street and is like, breathe in <laughs> and breathe out. <sighs> Just leaves on a river. Like, who does that? Also, can I just say, Keegan was not going fast enough to not be able to break. That is just that is just so ridiculous. I was watching him drive, right? He was like, <laughs> like that, like barely going any speed, unless it like slowed down time. Like he was definitely not traveling fast enough to not be able to just go break. You could see Rainy coming as well. He could have done that. He totally could have. And it reminded me back to when Cat was um, back to when Cat wanted to be the taxi driver. And um, <laughs> she was on the moped and she ran over that old man. Yeah. Aww. Oh, good times. Good times, good times. It was exactly like that. It was like the same thing. I loved it. Yeah, that was why she stopped on it. That was the reason. That's why she stopped. It was a nice little nod to a forgotten storyline this week. They've had a couple of little bits. Little nods, yeah. Yeah, where well, they've, they've went back to it. So, uh, Rainy, well, she... Tells them that she's pregnant. Uh, yeah. And they take out the hospital. And I was very confused because Stuart, when Keegan goes to run up to him and get him, he's like, which hospital? <laughs> I'm like, well, there's only one. I've never Wolf heard you mention. Yeah, Wolford General. I've never heard you mention another one before. Yeah. Which one? There's 12. <laughs> there's 12 in this street alone. Is <laughs> it Wolford General 1, Wolford General 2, Wolford General 3? Like, which one? And then he said that they wouldn't allow him um, in or whatever. And I was thinking they'd allow everyone else. They allowed Denise know, and Phil that. to go and sit with Raymond. Change of rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, as soon as Ellie stopped hanging around the hospital, we changed things. We thought, better safe than sorry, really. <laughs> so Rainey's alone, isn't she? Alone with the nurse. The nurse is scanning and... It seems like all of Rainey's worst thoughts and nightmares have come true. She's lost the baby. Except there was no baby. It turns out she had a phantom pregnancy, which means you have like all the pregnancy yeah. symptoms and you you do believe you're pregnant. Um, so obviously she goes home, packs her bags because she's distraught. And Stuart walks in in time and... Um, they have a heart to heart. Like he says to her, she can't run away just because things have gotten difficult. And she opens up about what's happened, and she doesn't believe that she should get the happily ever after because of her past. But Stuart makes us see how they've both changed since meeting each other, and mm-hmm. they don't have to be like the people they used to be, and they can break the cycle. And then he said, "I wear my scars with pride," but didn't he murder someone? <laughs> I wear my scars with pride. I'm a murderer and I know it. <laughs> Dylan, and anyone? I really want to show it. Does anyone know what happened to Dylan? <laughs> yeah, what did actually happen? <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, he gives her a box with all the things that he's kept since they've been together. And then they go and sit and eat ice cream and have ketchup on it, which is not. That's weird. I'm sorry. That is no. weird. That's a... 
That's like the orange juice cereal. I'm not here for that. I love that. Um, I love that the line that she says, where he's like obviously trying to reach her, and he's like, you know, let's don't let those failures define you. Like, you know, you complete me. We are special together. I can see that. And she's like, oh, don't kid yourself. Well, the two last scraggy turkeys, no one wanted. And I'm like, why is that mean, Emma? <laughs> 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 Made Emma every, every um, you know, Tuesday, Monday, whenever we're, re- we're recording. <laughs> I, me, certainly. I, I mean, I crawled out of my bit this morning. <laughs> but like, like Rainy Stewart, we're going to wear those, those scars with pride. With pride. <laughs> you know what I liked about all their scenes together? Because obviously there was bits where she was pushing him and like stuff like that. At no point did I think, did I even think about social distancing or anything that's yeah. put in place. It felt like it was very real and I didn't even have to True. think about it or notice it. And it's not until afterwards I was like, hang on, there'll have been something either in place or some, like one of their partners will be playing the other. Like, True. I didn't even no. clock that. And that was re- very clever. Very clever. That is very clever. Very clever. Duh. Favourite scene of the week. Our favourite scene this week is when Kat is putting the bin bags out and Phil comes past saying, Don't shoot me, don't shoot me. (laughs) Take my wallet, take my money, but don't shoot. (laughs) Favourite scene of the week. It's time for this week's Hero of the Week. And our hero this week is... Stuart! Oh, I mean, he has done so lovely this week. I mean, he's fabulous anyway. Like, we love Stuart and Rainey. But this week in particular was very tough for Rainey. She struggled with discovering she'd had a phantom pregnancy. And instead of, like, you know, getting angry with her or feeling, like, disappointed, and he, he must have definitely felt some level of, like, sadness and distress himself but instead he didn't show any of that to her instead he stood there he managed to get through to her and make her realize that actually the baby wasn't what he loved the baby was just something extra that he he was going to love the thing he loves the most is rainy it's time for this week's slapping down and this week it goes to lola I mean, this is self-explanatory, really, isn't it? <laughs> She's uh, played away so many times that uh, we've lost count. Um, she seems to be drifting, drifting in and out of relationships with Jay, um, telling him to do things like get a house, get a flat, and then decide, actually, that's not what she wants. It's not what she wants, after all. As Stuart was our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Stuart's. And this week we are going to give the episodes 3.5 Stuarts. I feel like it needs to be 3.5, doesn't it? Because we had some good moments. We made some progress. The shock of finding out that Rainey had a phantom pregnancy was, like, you know, huge. Um, Loving all the Slater stuff, that's hilarious. But I felt like, especially Friday, towards the end of the week, not a lot of the stories got a great conclusion Mm. or anything, like, you had that big cliffhanger, big cliffhanger with Mick. Like, who is she, Mick? Like, about Frankie. 
and then nothing afterwards. Nothing, nothing felt resolved, and it felt like Friday. Yeah. It felt like Friday. Some bits connected to Thursday's episode, but other bits didn't connect at all. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. But like the beginning of the week, there was a lot going on that that was very enjoyable. So yeah, that's why it's three point five. So it's another round of E twenty in reverse. Yay! <gasps> oh my god! God knows what this one's going to sound like, guys. <laughs> we I love... got one that was quite good last time. You did, you did. We love this game so much, we had to play it again. So, I've said something, then I've reversed it. Connor has to say the reversed version, and then I reverse his one, and it should be what I said, like, forwards. Uh, but most of the time, it's not. <laughs> Most of the time when I do mine, it still sounds like the one that Emma reversed. And now this is what I said in reverse. Says <laughs> Nyfwerle. Says Nyfwerle. Says Nyfwerle. Says Nyfwerle. I sound like I'm like possessed. Says Nyfwerle. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, sell us your fur lip. Oh. <laughs> that sounds awful. Sell us your fur lip. <laughs> so is this your final answer? Yes, my final answer is, sell us your fur lip. So I said the following. Hello, princess. I had to get on my Den Watts and do a hello, princess. <laughs> and this is what Connor said. I love that. I always seem to get the last part, don't I? You did like, last I always week. seem to get the last part, but the, the, the first bit I never get. <laughs> you, got prin- princess. you got princess. So I'm quite well. Progress, guys. You got princess quite well. It's it's a big step from the beginning when you on your first one. It was just <laughs> you were it was the same. <laughs> it was exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to play another round at some point. <gasps> See if you can get the first word. <laughs> Maybe next time. Duh, 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 duh. This week's episode is sponsored by Kills Robberies. Do you know the codes to a secret bank? Perhaps you want to clean it all out. Well, call Phil and Kat from Kills Robberies. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.